welcome to another edition of the Pioneer Perspective. As always, my name is Brad and I am joined by Alex. My mic is about to fall off my desk. Oh my god. I think that's oh just lord. the weirdest introduction I've had so far of like the time we've been doing this. Hello. I fixed it. <laughs> Hi. I, I, I look over it because like my, my boom is like slanted like this. It's crooked. I'm like, that doesn't look right. And I just see it holding on for dear life on the of my desk. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. It it would have fallen at some point in the middle of uh, this recording, and I'd be like, fuck. Uh, but yeah, we're here. Good catch. Um, we got we got stuff to do and talk about. <laughs> Specifically, one thing to talk about is going to be the actual recent bannings. If you live under a rock and you haven't heard about the bannings, cool. Welcome to the Pioneer Perspective, where we are here to inform you about everything there is Pioneer related in terms of magic. The Gathering. Alex, there were two bands in Pioneer. What were they? We banned Winoda, Joiner of Forces, and Expressive Iteration. Which was yeah. a bit and of if a you listen, If you listen to the episode with Jared and Carnage, Jared specifically called for an Expressive Iteration band, saying it was just too good. Um, and uh, look, he got his wish. I tweeted out that Jared is a god amongst men. We, I, uh, I mean, we I have to... Uh, I agree with the band to a degree. We'll get into it. Um, yeah. But I was surprised at, like, this pairing. So, like, if you would have said, Alex, make a B&R, I don't think I would have ended up with, like, rank all the likeliness of the B&Rs you can think of. Um, this would have probably been up there with, like, Unban Kathis. Where I was like, I would not expect exactly these two yeah. cards to go. Like, No, I get that. Um, I mean, Express Radiation is extremely powerful. Um, it might, Whenever we did the top 10 for Strixhaven, my gut was like, this should be number one. I think I put it like number six or whatever. I was too scared. Um, but like the fact that I even mold over that at all um, and where we are now, it, it, it is a four of in Legacy Delver. I mean, no one expected this card to be this fucking good. At least very it's, few people. I mean, it's like, the best two-mana draw spell Magic has had. I mean, it's two-mana like draw three years. for all intents and purposes, which is fucking nuts. It's it's ridiculously powerful. Um, and I get it. I get it being banned. Um, it's my, I, a little sad to some extent in regards to, like, where it was seeing play besides is it um but that's usually what happens right you have powerful cards within these colors that might be played in combo decks like jeskai ascendancy for example where that card was really good in that deck and i thought it was fine in that deck but you you do that thing where it's like you know the uh high tide raises all ships kind of thing except this time yeah. it brings it all down i i, I, I don't know if you read my bit on playing pioneer but my verdict on like it killed jeskai ascendancy was can you kill what is already dead like sad, sadly, because I think Jeskai Ascendancy is actually a pretty cool combo deck. Um, yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's dead. Um, I think there's a way to kind of re retune it again. Well, I think um, now it's got big problems. I think with iteration, it's, it's, yeah. I think the main problem In people March. had there that they had that they played Cruise and they should have been playing Dig for like a while. Um, yeah, but I think with iteration gone, that deck's in trouble. But maybe it's they get a bit more structure. Uh, let's go over the announcement. I will read it out. Yeah. Uh, we can kind of comment along as we go and add on. Um, 
So, Winoda is banned, Expressive Iteration is banned. By the way, this also means Expressive Iteration is banned in Explorer, and Winoda will remain banned in Explorer. So it will not be reconsidered with the release of the next set. <clears throat> um, Pioneer. As noted in previous updates, we want Pioneer to provide a diverse and experience, as diverse an experience as possible, built out of an ever-growing collection of standard pa standards past. I think an immediate, like, note here is that they very much value diversity in Pioneer, which I know is often a hallmark people use as like, oh, a format is good if it's diverse. But that's not always how WotC operates. For example, uh, Legacy has been dominated by Delver variants basically since like the end, the dawn of time. Um, and there it's not addressed because they don't mind like format diversity isn't everything i think i've seen a lot of stats about modern where modern isn't necessarily as diverse as people would want it to be yet they didn't take any action clearly pioneer they do value that diversity a lot i mean didn't they say in the modern little snippet by the way uh i'm getting ahead of myself but huge major props to wizards for actually having a little bit of a thing for each other format saying this is what we're looking at. This is what we feel about it. And this is why there's no action for the most part. Um, yeah, I, I think, think that's, that's great. great. But they say they said modern is really diverse. I'm pretty sure what they said in that little paragraph. Yeah, but people did pull up that if you go, like, it depends I mean, they, on what they, data you pick, right? Yeah, but the thing is, we don't have access to Wizards data, which is which is still baffling to me, which is ridiculous. They should just give us the I mean, they've stopped doing that. They used to. Um, they used to give us everything? I believe they used to give everything in the 5-0 dumps. Eventually, we got that rule where, like, it had to be X many cards different before we would get it. I'm pretty sure it used to be a dump of literally every deck that 5-0'd, like, every week. And I think with the challenges, they just gave every list. And now they only give you, like, the top mm -hmm. X. I'm pretty sure we used to get all empty Geoda, or at least more than we do now. But I'm pretty sure it was all of it. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that like touching on every format is is a good idea. Uh, it gives you a little bit more where you are, because this BNR did come, come out of nowhere, like, again. Um, which surprised me to some degree. Uh -huh. On a Tuesday, too. Um, yeah, but that, that's all people... It was, a, at least in part of Europe, uh, we had a bank holiday Monday. So I don't know if that's the type of thing that they kept in mind. I mean, maybe they just did it for me, because they always do the BNRs at 5, when I just get done with work. So our first responses we do in play, I have all the time in the world to write them. Like, I don't have to do it in a lunch break, or I can immediately get going. And now they even did it on a Tuesday, because they knew Monday at 5, I wouldn't be in. So, thank you, Watsy, <laughs> for making, uh, making my life as a content creator a lot easier. But anyway, we have literally finished the first sentence. So, um, so uh, yeah, diverse as possible, build it off an ever-grown collection of standards past. Over time, it has become clear that Winoda is suppressing diversity Asset's power and consistency have drastically reduced incentives to play other linear creature-based strategies. Not only is it a resilient mid-range deck that can leverage many of the powerful mana creatures available in the format, but its explosive draws involving the, uh, involving the deck's namesake card can create unassailable battlefield status, uh, states as quickly as turn 3. Um, 
as opposed to what Winoda does, this is spot on, right? This is literally the the problem with this deck summarized. And I do think it's true that creature-based decks, basically just like completely bored creature-based decks, they just all sucked because Winoda existed. Mm -hmm. Like, There's no top-end like Winoda. Yeah, there's no top-end like Winoda, but, and that top-end arrives on turn three. Which is like, that's hardly a top-end. That's where you get started. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, if even you, even in the games where you deal with them, it's it's like that nib to light problem, or like, you know, you can't thought seize the top of their deck, yeah, kind of thing. And when you get into those board states where if you're a creature deck, like a mid range strategy, and you're going against Winota, and you're clogging up the board, and they're clogging up the board, like Voice Resurgence, all the dorks, um, they chariot, they'll even hard cast, yeah, chariot, they'll hard cast the um, Huntmaster even. And then you're just kind of like trying to get through in any way you can, but they're saving you off long enough to where they just top deck the Winota and then you don't have your answer for it anymore. Yeah, exactly. They, they, they put so much shit on the board that they could just wait until they rip it and then and then the game ends basically immediately. Yeah. So I I think this is this is like you could do what you want with the information, but this is the effect Winota has on the meta. I do think that's just completely correct. So Due to its large metagame share, high win rate, and ability to create frustrating removal check gameplay, again, absolutely what it does, Winoda is banned in Pioneer. Um, I know there were some things going on where people said, well, Winoda is like, it's not as dominant, right? It's not been showing up as a top performer as much. Um, so... I agree with that point where it, the ban feels weird in that regard, right? We're not doing, like, inverter level, like, every league is played against at least one or two Winodas. At least mm-hmm. the gameplay I watch, often, like, regularly there's not a Winoda in a league. Yeah, that's been my experience, too. So, but I do agree with the point that, like its effect on the game as a whole, and I think also the incentives that it creates. Like, no one was brewing with, like, interesting creature decks. Because they were just, like, knocked out by Izzet, and even if they weren't knocked out by Izzet, they were just being trampled over by Winoda, so why play elves, humans, etc. Like, ever. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I get that. I don't know what your your view on it is. Um, so I did not get a chance to write in the playing Pioneer article. This is actually the first one we've had a ban announcement or whatever with the site or any kind of jointed one that I didn't get to write on. Um, but, uh, my, I tweeted out real quickly what my thoughts were. And I think that bans now more than ever are way more closely intertwined in the idea that fun is important in your format. Um, or at the very least with, with Pioneer lately. Um, they're not doing that much as much with Modern because I think they understand that Modern is now the new legacy and that those bands for fun's sake um, is not as um, attainable, I guess, without hitting way more cards than you need to yeah like in in modern should you ban blood moon magus of the moon chalice of the void like there's so many cards where you could be like yeah this gameplay experience is actually pretty shitty that you like you couldn't ban it 
But there's so many answers as well now with like you know like solitude and stuff like that, like all those fucking you know, like fury. Yeah, but you could argue that that's shitty gameplay experience, which I definitely I, would yeah, argue I, it is. Yeah, it, but yeah, you know, I, I agree. There's, you know, there's a lot to, still have... to like shit on modern in general, but modern is full of a bunch of cards where if you look at it, like they're not fun. Like no. playing like a champion of the parish into Athalia and then zero mana getting your whole board furied is like not a fun gameplay experience at all like it sucks yeah there's no there are no fair decks really anymore jun still exists but jun still has that thing of like the cascading with blood blood braid elf which is still kind of cheating you know um so even the even the fair deck has a little bit of cheating involved so when it comes to like pioneer um that's the one that they can police in that sense of that you want it to be fun that's why we saw reclamation gone that's why we saw teferi get gone we saw all the combo decks um and uh, even going back further nexus of fate's gone because it's not a fun deck to play against they even said it's not that great even in standard when it was seeing play with like like wilder's reclamation decks with nexus of fate it wasn't I'm, that i'm pretty great sure deck. the first it time awful. we saw it was with marvel when Marvel was banned in Standard, they literally yes, pulled yes. out the stats, and they were like, this deck yeah. has a negative win rate, but it's so fucking boring to play against that we're just going to ban it. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And that's what they're doing with Pioneer. And I think that's where the Winota ban comes into play a little bit. Um, yes, it's an incredibly powerful card, incredibly powerful deck. Um, it is one of those kinds of cards that will not stand the test of time, because the most popular creature type in all of magic are humans. We will get more. And we've got the dorks. Hunt. Yeah, you can't just ban Huntmaster or something like that and be like, Winota's fine. We'll get another equivalent of Huntmaster anyway, or they'll just play Astorian or whatever. Right? Winota will continue to live on through that, so you have to hit Winota itself. So, and it And that is the two decks I hear the most complaints about from a fun perspective in Pioneer are Winota and Lotus Field being the most unfun, and I hate and this word because it's it's thrown around in Magic Every version of generate. Control. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people, people don't like Control, but at least Control, for the most part, people, if they're not like the kind of person that says ban Thoughtseize because they don't like their hand getting peaked at kind of thing, if they're a reasonable person who understands how a, a format works and how the pillars of a format work, they can at least acknowledge that I don't like playing against control, but it is a very, very important type of archetype to have in a format. Yeah. Like, you need it. You absolutely need it. Um, where, even though Winota might not have been as prevalent as it was a few, about a month ago, and it was starting to die down, people were saying it was being kept in check. Um, but the flip side of that, though, is how is it being kept in check? Is it decks went from running one or two main deck lava acts to full four play sets of lava acts? Um, the uh, the is it prowess deck ran full uh, four play set of reckless rage as well. Um, you had people, you had Ractus. Um, this is more so for is it, but you had Ractus start playing main deck unlicensed hearse, which is really weird, right? Like that that should not be a main deck card. I, I don't know. I don't know if... Like, Relic of Progenitus is main deckable and modern. It's predominantly in Tron, obviously. But I think a card like yeah, Hearse is... There. I think Hearse is like a main deckable... A Scavenging Ooze is a main deckable card in low numbers. But, but let's look at black decks, right? Look at every black deck. They have between two and four copies of um, Ray in the side, right? Mm-hmm. 
Winota themselves played for Renning Volley. Partially that was because of Spirits being such a bad matchup, and is it partially being a bad matchup And Grease well? Fang. Yeah, um, but that's also for the Mirror. Like, and Renning Volley easy kills Moneybird. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I, I, I actually, I don't think the problem with Winota is necessarily even how people, like, constructed their sideboards and stuff. I do think a large part is that it's like the, well, they say here, the removal check. Like, got it? No, okay, game ends. Yeah, that, right. Yeah. Where like but how many cards? How many decks have we seen like that? I mean, you would argue not many. Now there is a huge like, difference between like you let this. There's there's plenty of creatures in Magic or cards in Magic that it says pretty much if you let your opponent untap with it, you will lose the game, right? However, Winota doesn't need to untap. That's yeah, the it's, big difference. It's not needing to untap, and it's the fact that it comes down on like turn three. Yeah, like, like. Questing Beast, also a four mana card, isn't this resolves and attacks you lose. You can take two or three hits from a Questing Beast in some games and win. Your opponent mm -hmm. could never take a second turn with Winoda. Like, if you're not dead on the first, you die on the second. Yeah. Which is... <clears throat> and, and, and I it's think... the RNG thing. And, and I think the main part... I mean, it wasn't really RNG. The deck was consistent enough, right? If you put seven triggers on the stack, you're dying. Like, the yeah. only question is how much you're dying. But you are well, dying. I, I think it's just weird how Winota was so pushed in every facet. Yeah. Like, it doesn't need to attack itself. Um, it goes very deep. It triggers, on, it triggers on each attacker. It digs six cards each attack. The creatures come <laughs> in tapped and attacking. I also and I, indestructible. That's yeah. weird. And I understand that it's Ikoria and it was a theme, but non-human is very generic. Like, yes like non-human attacking it is like either the benefit is of the most common creature type in the game humans and you set it up by playing anything else which is a little broad <laughs> but yeah. the, the the other issue with winoda you know we mentioned they mentioned it here too it's the fact that it really discourages you to try other decks um I mean, you, you see people Winoda, you see people do it now, and I think this is gonna happen, and there's, you know, we'll probably talk about that. There's some other decks where, you know, that are uh, a little sus at the moment. You see people like, hey, uh, now that the bans happened, how do I beat this deck? Uh, how do I, How's this deck looking? And people are like, loses to mono green, unplayable. Right? And to an extent, Winoda did that too. So you could argue you didn't solve the problem. Mm -hmm. Because there's definitely some other decks that have that. And, and it's not about whether it's true. It is about whether or not people think it's true. Because a large part of magic is thinking about magic and not actually playing magic. Like, there's a lot of people, they're on the bus, and they're like, how would I change my sideboard? Right? They look at spoilers. They go over Magic Twitter. They look at Reddit. And it's a lot of thinking about magic. And if that, like, sort of thought bubble is very negative, that's bad for your game. And negative is what people make of it, not what's objectively true. This is why, quite often, when Wizards in the past, and it's kind of... It's happening literally with Modern. They say, like, well, the data says it's fun. And then people are going, like, yeah, but it isn't. So I don't care what your data says. 
And that's definitely a fact that Winoda had, where people were very like, again, want to play elves? Well, if you're already starting on a Llanowar elf on turn one, I know a better deck that you should be playing. And it's not... Yeah. You shouldn't follow your Llanowar elves up with an elvish warmaster. You should follow it up with an innkeeper. Right? And there was that attitude was there, like, all the time playing with Winoda. Um... And I do think, and I think this is this is what uh, Jared and Carnage talked about extensively uh, on that episode, is that it's also, you wanted this ban to be on time, because you want to have a, you want to give people an idea of what you want Pioneer to be as Watsi. Yeah. It's kind of funny, because the day before this ban, I tweeted out, like, my main issue is that I know I have to know what Watsi wants because I can't recommend decks to people right now because yep. there there was this like cloud hanging over the format where it's like something's gonna happen but we don't know what are they gonna ban one card are they gonna ban five cards are they gonna make a statement saying they'll ban no cards and like that but there was something gonna happen that was gonna like change our understanding of the format. And it just had to happen, and now they've done it. And uh, what I do think, kind of reading into their strategy somewhat, is that this banning is fairly light. There's definitely five, maybe six cards you could have argued for going, and they only picked two. I feel like that's because they're testing the waters. If they wait too long, they have to do a sweeping ban of five or six cards. They ban two now. You know, summer's happening. First big events are happening. Maybe you have to ban two more. More events happen. Something else happen. Uh, we'll ban one more. And now we're where we want to be. And we've had to ban five cards instead of six. And we had the time to curate that ban list rather than... It's basically what they did at the start of the format. Where they're like, we're not going to put 25 cards on the ban list to begin with. The only cards that are banned are the five fetches I've had it. And we're going to curate this ban list more carefully than try and make big sweeping ban announcements. And I guess that was the point here. I mean, I'm only, I, I see the positives from it and I see the negatives from it, right? There's the, the obvious positives are like creature based mid range strategies can be tried again, theoretically, right? Um, however, on the same like flip side of that coin is what happens when people just realize that those creature-based strategies they should be playing are Mono Green and Niv to Light as your true mid-range cards or mid-range strategies. I mean, I, I, Miraculous mid-range will stay, I don't. I don't consider that as a true like creature-based mid-range strategy. More there than are creatures in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that one's centered around a very particular creature that you're trying to turbo out as fast as possible, similar to um, to Winota to an extent. But it's not nearly as game-ending, right? You can theoretically battle through it. Yeah. Um, I I, I want to see like maybe humans can come back. 
Right? I think so. Um, we we can talk about right. that after we've read through the thing, but after like some winners. But I think humans is pretty well positioned. Yeah. So let's let's talk about the expressive iteration pattern real quick then. Yeah. Uh, I'll continue reading. Expressive iteration has been a multi-format all-star since its release in Strixhaven, School of Mages. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it has fueled a variety of highly successful Izzet strategies in Pioneer by both providing card selection and card advantage at a much higher rate than what is available to other decks, making it extremely difficult for other strategies to engage with them in Wars of Attrition. Yes. Izzet decks never run out of cards. Like, literally ever. No. Like, the, the one, I, I almost... I get more uh, worried when they top deck an expressive iteration than the, a treasure cruise. Because what ends up happening is they end up getting like expressive iteration off the top deck and then they go, they cast it and they get like exile a cruise and then get like a consider or like a bird or something like that to their hand. And then they, 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 they cruise. It, it somehow just, felt like expressive iteration went deeper. Like, yeah. I know it's not true, but if they cast like a dig, well, it, I felt it is like true. I mean, dig. Uh, I mean, dig. I mean, uh, cruise goes three dig, and so does expressive iteration. It's look at yes, three. Yes, but you you have the choice of picking the best two out of the three rather than just being stuck with three lands. I mean, uh, yeah, again, but if you find three amount. lands of expressive iteration, you also don't do anything. True, but like, it, there's something about it that just feels that the selectiveness of it and being able to plan out your thing. Feels well, it's also because it takes powerful. no setup. It, yeah. it just happens. They can do it through a rest in peace. So it feels mm -hmm. like it's a card that you can't mess with as much. Where, like, Treasure Cruise, you can mess with Treasure Cruise. You can, you know, pop a Soul Guide Lantern, like, on their upkeep and be like, hey, I'm going to deny you that draw. Where, like, that's now a dead draw. Um, Expressive Duration didn't have that. It was just always good. There was basically no way to play through it. The only upside to Expressive Iteration is that people would cast it as their first spell in turn three and you could censor it because they wouldn't make their land drop. That was like the only thing mm -hmm. that was nice about Expressive Iteration from my point of view. But um, see, so War of Attrition. Although we recognize that there are several other powerful card draw spells in the format, notably Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time, we currently believe that Dell spells contribute to blue decks in Pioneer having a unique identity among Eternal formats, as Pioneer's cards pool has fewer strong cantrips and no fetch lands. Uh, well, no, we have Fable Passage, but uh, we're hoping yeah, yeah. many Delve cards can. Uh, we're hoping many Delve cards can continue to be a part of the format at a moderate power level compared to how they would play in other non-rotating formats. I'm way too biased on this as a person who basically casts Dig Through Time at least once a week, otherwise I, my hands start to tingle. But um, I, I agree with this. I don't Me know too. about you. No, I, I agree. I, I, it's actually been kind of funny how... Um, we all had targets on the Delve spells for like the longest time. We, I guess you do still to an extent because, again, it's one of those kinds of cards that... Well, as I try to finish that thought, I, I actually can can doubt it a little bit. We've always said that it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when for the Delve spells, right? Because they, they mm -hmm. are cards that cannot stand the test of time similar to uh, Winota. As the format gets deeper, card pool gets larger, then you'll have cards that can eventually break that. But... How many? What breaks a, a Dell spell? It's fetch lands first and foremost, right? That is Salt the Scour, one, maybe. 
That's the card I would think of. If they would print a card yeah. to make them broken, it's Thoughtscour, specifically. So, I would be shocked if they ever printed anything like a Brainstorm Thoughtscour into a standard format. You know? Um, those feel like cards that Wizards are like, those are for these older formats. Um, and and I, I think there's, I mean, there's, it's possible that they print a new card similar to like how they did consider that has this type of effect, but it's a, a wholly different new kind of card, you know? Yeah. Um, or even like a Seder Wayfinder kind of thing. Like there's, um, which is secretly yeah. like low key. One of my favorite cards. It's just, I think it's such oh, it's like a, a cool design. Um, I, lo- I love playing in Abzan, uh, Grease Fang. But, um, I think the point with that they try and make here it's completely correct, and people have pointed this out, like, why don't you ban Dig Through Time and Treasure Cruise? Because they can't stand the test of time. Well, neither can Expressive Iteration. Oh, agreed. 100%. Like, that, that, thing's, that thing's broken in Legacy and Modern, Yeah, and we're in Pioneer. Like, like so when we sense. When we banned Luris, the, um, the idea behind the Luris ban was it restricts us to playing low CMC cards only. And that means there's way fewer cards to play. Well, what does Expressive Iteration do? It does the same thing as Lurus. You want to play low CMC cards. Now, there were some exceptions to that, right? Because we had Temporal Trespass and Pieces of the Puzzle. And these cards actually went now. There's a lot of versions now that actually have lowered their curve because they wanted to work with Ledger Shredder. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's more an argument for Ledger Shredder also having that issue... Uh, of lowering CMC, but there are cards that will encourage low CMC, right? So that's not the only gripe against expressive iteration, but it is an aspect of a card that would basically always be too powerful. And then I agree, well, let's go for the cool cards. And because they're mono blue rather than is it, they allow for more deck building options. And it's kind of the same thing with Winoda, right? If you wanted to play a blue, like, more attrition deck, you were probably going to play Is It? Yeah. Like, yeah. no one was going to play mono blue prowess. Or, I mean, no, obviously, it, red lends itself for prowess anyway, right? But theoretically, you could build Azorius prowess with things like Defiant Strike. But no one would Masuri ever Masuri. do it because... Masuri, not Masuri, uh, um, the monk. Yeah, Monastery Mentor. You, you, yeah. you could build, theoretically, Esper Prowess, or with, like, a Claim to Fame, or, like, other cards, too. I mean, I guess you'd want the red, but you could literally play it for the Claim part and just get back, like, good creatures there. You could theoretically build that if your building blocks are Dig Through Time Opt Consider, because they're all blue. Yep. If yep. you take out Treasure Cruise out of that equation, and you keep Expressive Iteration, um, decks with... Monastery Mentor will always be Jeskai and they'll never be Esper. So I think that's that par- that is part of what matters here too. Again, because at the top they say we very much value diversity in Pioneer. Well, that mm-hmm. would lead you to the conclusion that if you have to choose between banning a multicolored card or banning a monocolored card, you would ban the multicolored card. Because it means there's more options. There's more deck building options. 
So I think that makes sense. And um, I've been talking enough. Finish your thoughts first, please. I, I agree with Expressive Ration being banned over the, the Dell spells. Um, and I really, I guess to finish my original thought was, uh, I, I, I'm starting to, like, I still have that gut feeling of like, it, I guess it is a matter of when, not if with the Delve spells, but my time frame of that originally was like 2023, right? Was where we would see it be gone. I don't think it's even close to that. The more I think about it, unless they print an obscenely just ridiculous power, ridiculously powerful card, like a thought scour, like a brainstorm into a standard format. I, I don't see what can break the Dell spells beyond what pioneer is yeah. capable of. Didn't we get like our, the only cantrip, like reasonable cantrip we ever got was like opt for like four years before they had to go with consider. Yeah. So like, yeah, I don't, I don't think they'll be doing, I mean, opt, they ca- opt came back with Ixalan and everyone's like, Holy shit. It's opt. Holy shit. It's opt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then it, then it was sort of, it, it became like an evergreen, right? It, it's been yeah. every standard since. Um, um, is it in currently? Yeah, Strixhaven had it. Oh yeah, no. Strixhaven had. Yeah, yeah. Wait, did it? I'm pretty sure there was a Strixhaven on. Yeah. yeah. Um It was in, it was the Mystical Archives too. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's standard I know, legal. I, I know, I know. Um I'm pretty sure it was in Strixhaven. Maybe actually. I um, I don't know. Mystical Archives really fucked this up. I had someone cast a lightning bolt against me at F and M because they were like, Well, I pulled it from the Strixhaven back. <laughs> Um, just wait for people to fucking pick up a Baldur's Gate draft uh, like booster and see a lightning bolt, and they're like, "Holy shit! I'm gonna play play this. I'm gonna play the uh, the, the nine finger Soul Tie girl in uh, in in, uh, in Pine." Oh, dude, I love that card. If there's a card I really want to make a commander deck out of, it's it's uh, the gate one, I, right? I, by the way, uh, that's no, the gate one, right? The nine fingers. No, the the is it? She she has ward of lose nine life. That's all I know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and she she has a payoff with gates, but she's a legendary creature that's salt eye, which is a bit of a bummer because you can't put her in gates. But you know what I'm gonna do in my gates deck if I build it, which I might do. I'm just gonna build the deck with Kenrith, and I'm gonna reanimate her and give her haste. And like that is just oh, a yeah. way better way to play with that card uh, because um, she has a I, deal combat damage trigger. So get fucked. I have a commander deck sleeved up now. Oh, look at that! Uh, I've I, recently I, I, updated I, I one. Built I built the council of four. Oh yeah, you set that. That's cool. Yeah, except um, I I just use cards I had. I haven't bought anything yet. Um, so like I don't have like a mana crypt or like any any of like the obscene, oh you don't need powerful, that powerful like artifacts and like in these 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 decks. I just have a lot of cards that say draw, and like a lot of cards that like to cast. Oh dude, okay, I got second place at my pre-release for the Baldur's Gate with that card in the deck that I drafted. Um, which is weird that the pre-release was draft. I thought that was fucking strange. Um, but it was fun. And I drafted Displacer Kitten in my first pack. It was oh. my pack one. That card is fucking obscene. Yep. Also, uh, I have, I also, I drafted, uh, in another pack. It, it was like, I think it was still pack one. It got passed to me. I guess people were, weren't picking it for some reason. It was the it was a, a five mana. It's like a monk that says whenever you cast your second spell, you copy it, and then you you uh, you instigate when it comes into enters the battlefield. Um, 
and just casting displacer kitten as my second card with that on the field having two displacer kittens was just insane like it was it was insane Jesus. Like, and then just I just I have like I have like uh, permanents that just draw. I, I have like the dog, the enchantment dog in that deck. The two two mana one. one oh yeah, it comes in, draw a card, and you just, and I'm just flicker like, that. Blanket, 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 blank. Uh, dude, it's also um, the background cards are cool. I the, because I have a bit more of like a token synergy. I have one of the enchantments that's a it's a legendary enchantment from this new set. It's, it's creature tokens you control. Uh, or I'm sorry, it says. Com- all the background ones say commanders you have have this text added onto them. Yeah. So it's it's uh, creature tokens you control get plus two plus two, and I'm like I'm making a bunch of two two knights. Make them four four. I might as well like, yeah, I have four four knights now, dude. That that deck is so much fun, and I, I have random tax cards in there too because I'm like, I want to keep you from casting more than two, uh, one spell a turn. You're basically tax on her. You're basically playing grand. Augustine the fourth, but then you're less of a dick about it. Yeah, like I'm. I'm even playing. Um, uh, uh, what's the one from Guild of Ravnica? Maybe it's Ravnica Allegiance. Yeah, Ravnica Allegiance. The one that was like the Lotus tech for a while. The uh, two mana human Lavinia. Uh, yeah. Oh, I play her in humans. Cast. The card's gas. Yeah, I I have her in that deck because I have the foil in there. I have Teferi. I have both Teferis in there, actually. I have, I have oh, three, th- three, three Fairy. I have Big Teferi. I have Narset. I have Days Undoing. <laughs> got March. It's great. It's, it's actually, I, I think it's going to be a fun deck. But anyway, returning to the BNR discussion. Um, th- this is a point I made in a Pioneer, playing Pioneer Article 2, so if people read it, then, you know, uh, here's the repeat. Um I think Expressive Iteration, also, it is a reasonable ban with Winoda being banned. So I do feel like, as much as I didn't think this combination was going to happen, I do think Winoda and Expressive Iteration make a good pair, because it was definitely, if you ban one, the other is going to tear the fuck up, right? It's it's going to literally be like 70% of that deck, it, hypothetically. but Yeah, it's the uh, exact same thing as a Wilderness Reclamation and Three Fairy ban. You can't have one exist in the format without the other. Yeah. Uh, because the only one of the few decks that was able to fight Winoda on that, like... Was is it? Um, was it? Removal check is the deck that draws a million cards because it'll always have its removal spell ready. Mm-hmm. So, and especially because it was able to run multiple removal spells uh, that were actually, like, good cards in a deck already because it had Lightning Axe... And it just ran running volley in the sideboard, and now you have eight Winoda answers for one mana, while just and deploying if you're the rest the of your game. Version, play. you're playing Reckless Rage too. That means you have twelve. It, but that deck doesn't run Lightning X, I think. It, it does. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it, it might not have ran four, but whenever I'd play against it, they would hit me. Because again, I was playing Greasefang a lot in leagues, so uh, Lightning X. Oh, that would Lightning X for Reckless Rage one. Well, they, or they would just kill the Grease Fang on the stack. Yeah, that too. works too. Like it, that it, it made me want to kill myself. <laughs> I was just I, I hated going against Is it? I was I, I literally had Path uh, uh, Path Apparel or whatever in the sideboard for for Is it Prowess. So God, I think that kind of leads into the into the next point. Oh, uh, one thing I still want to say about Expressive Iteration uh, about the bands in general. What I also mm-hmm. like about Expressive Iteration, because as I pointed out, the Delve spells are fun to cast, right? 
No one is going to have a bad time casting Ancestral Recall. Just the straight-up one-mana draw three, it, it, it's great, right? Dig Through Time, it feels so good to literally look at an opening hand worth of cards and pick two. Um, by banning Expressive Iteration, which I'm, I'm sure was I've, I've cast it, it is also reasonably fun to cast. It does take like a while to resolve sometimes and have like to ponder about it, so it's less like, you know, instant dopamine, because it's dopamine and then lots of thinking. Um, yeah. But the idea of, if you're playing Phoenix... I want to cast Ancestral Recall, bring back birds for free, and then play the best cards that make me do that, right? That's kind of what it boiled down to. The fact that you ban Expressive Iteration means you are still doing the casting Ancestral Recalls and betting, getting birds for free kind of thing, right? If you ban Phoenix from Phoenix, I mean, that would be stupid because people are playing Prowess anyway, which doesn't even run the fucking card, but you kill part of the fun in that deck uh, there are people who come to Pioneer and they're like, dude, I can cast a Delve spells here? Sick! Right? Yeah. If they want to cast Expressive Iteration, they can play Blue Red Merc Tide in Modern, right? They can do whatever the hell they want. So that also contributes to the deck still having that identity and they didn't have to kill it, so they didn't. Winoda, they had to kill the identity because it was named after the card that made the deck good, so you had to if you wanted to get rid of Winoda, because banning Huntmaster would have just been dumb. Uh, yeah, agreed. So, you already mentioned it a little bit. You were playing Grease Fang. I mentioned Mono Green a little bit earlier. Um, do you think this BNR actually made the format any better? Or, like, significantly? I might have made it a little better. Yeah, I mean, again, there's the idea that there are going to be some creature, you know, strategies come to the forefront again um, that aren't Winota. Uh, so humans, Nivtolite, Monogreen's going to get a huge boost, which is already one of the top decks in the format anyway, um, regardless of the fluctuations of our tier list on playing Pioneer. Um, this is a, a huge win for that deck. Um, Mono Red gets better. Um your your aggressive strategies get better because um, you have more like you have a ripple effect, right? So mono red will get better because you'll have a bit slower stuff come in. I mean, I think sack probably got a lot better too. Um, we're going to see, I really think, for the first month of uh, of pioneer um, after these bands. We're going to see a lot slower of a format. We're going to see more control, more mono green. And not that mono green's slow, but it can get to a sort of slowish start, especially if you can, like, you know, make him stumble a bit with, like, you know, thoughts, he's fatal push, that kind of thing. Um, but, like, humans, Niv to Light, uh, and I, I really think Rakdos and Jun Sack will be players again uh, because of this. But if I don't think that I don't know, I don't think that's where it's going to settle. I think we're going to see it. We're going to see them pop up. People are going to fixate on one or two of these creature strategies. Um, maybe even green, white, cocoa can make a comeback. We already see an angels variant of that. Uh, but I'm, I'm thinking of like the traditional like Archon of Emeria, Elite Spellbinder, Voice Resurgence, uh, Thalia, that kind of thing with Coco. 
Um, maybe that can come back. Also, if you're a Winota player, that's a pretty easy transition as well. Um, I I took my Winota deck, took out the Winotas, took out the most of the Wolf Star Wolf cards. I kept in the uh, what's it called, the three mana Wolf Werewolf that can uh, exile something. Um, the white one, Brutal Cathar. Yeah. Uh, and I just basically just threw in Cocos, took out the red, and now I have a green-white company deck in my bag now. So, like, easy pivot. Um, will it be good? I don't know. Uh, but I can already tell you if Sack comes up and we see Jun Sack or Rakdos Sack, holy shit, does, does green-white Coco have an amazing matchup against that deck? If you just throw, like, four Yasharn in your sideboard, you're like, yep, your deck doesn't do well, anything. I, I, yeah. I, I already put three Asharn in the sideboard <laughs> in anticipation. <laughs> um, I'm ready. I think Humans is green-white company, but better. Like, I think... Because a lot of the stack pieces are actually Humans. Um, and that deck is base white. So it can even support some of the ones that aren't, like Arkhan of Emeria. And that, yeah. that makes me think that Humans basically does what green-white does, but it has a fast, a slightly faster clock. And because in Pioneer, we don't really have prison. We have stacks, right? Mm. Uh, at least, I know this is, there's a bit of, like, confusion. So what I mean, prison means you can't cast spells. Stacks means casting spells is harder. At least that's, like, my my headcanon. So if you yeah, have stacks, the faster your clock, the better your stacks pieces are. Because they only slow your opponent down. If you... Elite Spellbinder, your opponent, and you take their Supreme Verdict, that doesn't stop them from casting the Supreme Verdict. It just means that if you kill them before turn 6, they can't cast it. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have them dead by turn 6, they can cast the Verdict, and now they've you've had that problem where, like, hey, I played a creature deck and I got board wiped, guess I lose. Um, and again, a lot of these cards are humans. They are collected company hits, and they are humans. Elite Spellbinder is a human, Thalia is a human, um... You can play Lavinia uh, when you go into white. Yep. You can have Kudro, which is some graveyard hate. Um, so that makes me think that humans is just green-white but better. Because green-white doesn't really get you anything other than voice, which is decent decent against blue-white, but not great against blue-white. Yeah, you can still play the uh, Skyclave Aberration in the board for humans and not really be too beat up about it. Um, and and uh, another good card, and humans can support this, even though it's not human, uh, but green-white could too. I think Redain is a really good card right now. Oh, it's fantastic, yeah. Like that, it, that, it, it shits on mono-red. Uh, if you just get to cast it on the backside early enough, it shits on mono-red. Um, I think green-white has a better mono-red matchup because it doesn't have to run um, mana confluence, so it can't have that, like... I know there's only two or three in most human decks, but you can have those awkward, like, one or... Basically, if you're playing against red aggro and you draw a mana confluence, but not your Redain, you've lost. So yeah. that's that's definitely a problem um, that green-white doesn't have to have because it can't run that. It could maybe run manlands, which humans can, so that is an upside if we're looking for the control matchup. So... I do think Humans is better, but it might not be by as much, because there are some upsides to green-white, but I think Humans' game plan is just a bit cleaner. Stacks you out, mm. kill you, no cute shit. Yeah. And green-white has more cute shit. 
So yeah, I think I think we'll see like these mid range decks pop up again. Um, we also can just see spirits pop up more. Um, maybe angels. Uh, these tribal decks. Um, maybe vampires because vampires is very good in mid range centric. Uh, you know formats. Um, but again. I really think at the end of the day, we're going to, it's It's Phoenix is not going anywhere. Prowess is not going anywhere. They took a hit, right? They took a pretty big hit from expressive iteration, but Phoenix was a top deck in the format before expressive iteration was even printed. So I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Um, I may, I think the, the only is it deck that it really might be gone is, is it control? Because expressive ration was so good in is it control, right? Um, yeah, I, I think is it control does take the biggest hit, but I also don't think it's like unrecoverable. But it is, it's rough. Mm-hmm. Like that is a rough one for that deck. But yeah, I feel like at the end of the day, after a month from now, the top decks are going to be blue eye control, mono green, Rakdos. Uh, uh, mid-range um, Phoenix I think Grease will still be one of the top decks I don't think Grease Fang's gonna be as good as you think why I not I think it's because the way you hate out Grease Fang is far more linear than you hated out Winota and with Winota out of the format and your sideboards a bit more cleared up and a lot more overlap happens because your graveyard hate is good against Phoenix as well as Grease Fang um and like Rending Volley can still be good against things like with like Prowess or Phoenix to an extent, as well as Grease Fang, of course. Um, Noxious Grass will still be still be played for Grease Fang, as well as like Mono Green and Blue White Control. Um, so all these cards have overlap, and Grease Fang is far more linear in its strategy and how you actually attack its strategy, um, regardless of what build it is. I don't care. I um, I, I don't think it's as good as you th- as you think it will be. Maybe, but what I the counterpoint from my what I think is that Grease Fang very specifically gets caught in the crossfire when people try and hate out Winoda and Phoenix because they bring in Graveyard Hate and their Ray of Enfeeblement's Rending Volleys, Fries, those type of cards. And with mm-hmm. those two cards out, you'll be like, I'm going to run three Rending Volley instead of four. Right? It's like, oh, I can cut a Ray. I'll I'll leave I'll leave a uh, um actually um I call it Graph Digger's Cage didn't even work against Grease Fang it had to be Weather no. Stone anyway mm-hmm. uh but like I'll I'll leave a rest in peace right I've got I've got three I'll go down to two so I feel because there's now mono green and that sort of thing to address so I think there is a chance that Grease Fang kind of slips through the cracks but that could lead to like a sort of dredge likes it the classic dredge example right where people are like i'm gonna cut some rending volleys because we know that's gone you get shit on by grease fang and you're like ah this should actually be in my sideboard and then you well, correct this let's say like we're talking about like spirits and like uh humans for example let's say those arise again in the format and become a bit more prevalent what card works against both of them pretty effectively ray and rending volley Ray for humans because Ray still hits pretty much every human in the list. Yep. They're base white. Um, and even the ones that aren't, like, are, are in the other colors, they're also white. Right? 
Yeah, the the exception, I think it's literally only Experiment 1 and Werewolf Pack Leader that aren't white in that deck. All the yeah, cards are either mono-white or part-white. Yeah, and at that point, you can still just use Fatal Push, which is you're already keeping in. Yeah, for that. exactly. If you're, if you're playing Ray, you're playing Fatal Push. So Ray could still stick around the sideboards. Even if it doesn't, Noxious Grasp will still stick around the sideboards because of Mono Green alone. Uh, but again, Noxious Grasp is still extremely effective against humans, uh, as well as uh, Blue White Control to an extent. Uh, hitting Teferi can be you know, worthwhile to bring in mm-hmm. at least one of your... If you have three Noxious Grass on the board and you have that extra slot to like you, you take out your four push or whatever, um, and then whatever else is bad against Control, I'll bring in eight Noxious Grass. I might not bring all of them, but I'll bring yeah. in one of them at least. So the, the stock of these cards in these sideboards are still going to be good enough, uh, especially because, again... Ray is enough. Sorry, not Ray. Uh, Raining Volley is still getting against spirits as well as is a prowess. Um, even Phoenix to an extent, if you want to kill the bird, as well as Crackling Drake might see more play again because of Express uh, being gone. Um, you might see that one or two of Crackling Drake again. Um, also, Thing in the Ice might come back again for for Phoenix. Um, so, Raining Volley is still good. So all these cards. They might they might go down in number theoretically, but they also can possibly stay pretty similar in how we're we're seeing cyborgs constructed and Greasefang can can still take a beating from that. Yeah, I I can see that. I, I think I also do agree. I don't think Greasefang is um is gonna be like the top dog. Uh I tweeted mm. a um a bit ago, where I basically said I feel like if you ban Winoda, you should ban Greasefang, because the decks suck for the same reason. Um, where it's like, fair game plan, but if I draw this white creature, I instantly win. Um, I'll crawl back on that a little bit, because I will say, Greasefang is kind of Winoda at home. Uh, yeah. To some degree. And I You're guess not hard casting Parhelion. You can hard cast the Huntmaster, right? And yeah, exactly. Really like there's threat. there's some you can hard cast yeah, that, exactly that one. And um I always felt like because the, the difference is is that Greasefang doesn't run as many stinkers other than Parhelion. It doesn't run like the one yeah, you, million you run... mana dorks that ramp into nothing. Um that sort of thing. So I do, and I I do think the scary thing about Greasefang is that I feel like there is still so much work to be done on Greasefang, mm-hmm. because Greasefang literally shows up in like every color combination, Upzan, four color, um, Mardu, uh, Esper. Like there's so many yeah. versions of Greasefang that I feel like first of all there has to be a best one. I like, think the best one is probably either Mardu or Esper. Um, I really, I love Abzan the most. But it, but in the Greasefang Discord server that Jared owns, we spent a lot of time, because that, that's also Jared's favorite, is Abzan. We spent a lot of time in that server trying to figure out how do we have a non-graveyard-centric plan B similar to Esper and Mardu because Abzan is very much an all-in kind of color combination of like you're trying because you have Grizzly Salvage, you have the potential of like um, Gather the Pack um, and Seder Wayfinder. You have all these cards that are so aggressively skewed into getting your Greasefang on turn three or turn four as fast as possible. Where your plan B is like, 
I, I you might play Rotting Registrar, right? Um, but other than that, you're you're pretty soft to graveyard hate. That's why I've been toying with like the zombie version, which has actually been pretty good. <laughs> um, I think it's been really cool uh, to to do like Orzov and then have like uh, the Miasmic Mummy to have your opponent discard as well as you. Which now that discard on your opponent is a bit more high in stock because maybe as it takes a slight hit to go down a little bit, you might not see it as much. So the discard can be a bit more relevant for a lot of these other decks to you know as a downside rather than incidentally helping out your opponent. Um, and then, like, you have, like, uh, Crypt Breaker. Like, because my idea originally was, we're already running four Citrus Supplier. We're running some Rotting Registrars. Um, we already have... If we just run Crypt Breaker, we already have... Because Crypt Breaker is a nice discard outlet for your extra um, Perhelions. And you can make another zombie, and then you can tap all of your stuff down, draw more cards. It's, it's a great card. Um, what if we just skew more into that zombie game plan to make Crypt Breaker more active? And how many zombies actually help out the plan for Grease Fang? Well, you have uh, the Undead Butler, Mill 3, when it dies, exile itself and grab a creature from Graver back to your hand. Can get back your Grease Fang if it's died previously. Um, you're already a Citrus Supplier. You have Miasmic Mummy, it discards your extra Perhelions as well as discarding your opponent's stuff. Uh, and then I threw in Lords because sometimes I would just play a bunch of these one ones one ones one twos two twos and then all of a sudden i'm like slam a lord down i'm pretty wide i don't have grease fang my opponent's been a bit more narrow in their approach of how to stop my deck and they're focusing on the grease fang part and then they don't have any sweepers or anything to deal with these fucking zombies and i just also win that way also funny of the main cards all say destroy a white creature to just bring in all black creatures right i mean like sick like, randing volley bro <laughs> there there is a there's been two matches that i've won Game three, I sided out all Parhelions, all Grease Fangs. I you literally just went zombies. And I was watching their fucking sideboard stuff, like, come into play. Like, uh, they played Rest in Peace, and I was like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> it was fucking phenomenal. So I think that 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 has legs. Um, and I think Abzan has legs too, but, like, until Abzan can find its home or find its build, uh, or even Orzov to this extent as well, um, to just have this plan B that is good enough to kind of compete with Esper and Mardu. Uh, I think those are the two best builds at the moment, though they are my least favorite because they are very much RNG dependent. There's a lot of card draw in like Esper and a lot of like discard stuff in Mardu. Right. But it but doesn't compare hate... to like milling five. Yeah. You, I, and you don't get the, it's not even just mill five. You have the card selection of like Grizzly Salvage there in those five. There's a Grease Fang Parhelion. Take your Grease Fang next turn like you do on their end step yeah like that's that's amazing um that's why i love it so much I, I hate how i feel at the mercy of my deck with the other builds but i acknowledge that their plan b's are so good that's why they're the better builds right now i just don't think that grease fang as a whole is going to be like anything like winota i don't think it's going to even be a tier um i think it's going to forever sit at b tier a deck you need to keep an eye on in terms of like your construction and your deck building, not in terms of band discussion. Um, and that's it. That's, that's kind of where I feel about it. This is someone who plays the deck a lot and like sees how bad it is at times and how good it can be. But like that they, when the hate is good, it's really good against you. Fair enough. Um, I, I do think, 
the to talk to address the elephant elephants in the room, I guess. I think the biggest winners are uh Karn, so mono green Karn and blue oh, yeah. white. Yeah, I I, I agree. Because blue white um, seems to have this like gift, right? Where whenever it's might not be the best deck anymore. See with when Luris got banned, and now this that Watsi will ban a card, so it is. Like yeah, blue white. I think, and I think the, how strong blue white is is partially dependent on how good mono green is. Because I feel like blue white has a reasonable mono green matchup where it can tech itself to be reasonably good against mono green. Because obviously mono green does the unfair thing that like yeah but i mean a sweeper is still a sweeper against mono green yeah exactly right? as long as they didn't cast a card that actually kills you a sweeper is still a sweeper yeah and like, cool you exiled your your uh your uh fucking cavalier to go get uh, a karn again yeah like okay cool dovin's veto by the way i had a <laughs> i had a random thought pop into my head this afternoon uh-huh. it, it was it was related to when we talked about um uh streets of new capenna and it made me really mad we have Dovin's Veto. They could have called it Rawls Rebuttal and it could have been an Izzet card. I mean, yeah. And like, just didn't change anything. Just change the name the I- and make it blue. We, we talked about um, the destroy target non-land permanent can't be countered. You were like, this yeah. could be a Grixis card. And yeah. that like kind of thought popped into my head. It's like, because I play with Counterflux, which is just an uncounterable cancel. And it's like, why couldn't Izzet have an uncounterable negate? I can. And then I got mad because if control isn't white based, someone at Watsi gets fired, I think. Um But anyway, so Mono Green does the unfair thing very well. And probably is like the most unfair deck right now, if we talk about like breaking the fundamentals of magic. Um mm-hmm. in getting so much mana. And I am a little surprised that this deck didn't get hit, because part of the thing with Winoda is like it's boring to have gameplay that is so reliant on, like, I have the answer or I lose immediately. I feel mm-hmm. like Mono Green does basically exactly that. But it actually um, does it more because it has, like, 12 cards where you're like, if this shit resolves, I'm probably dead. And that makes me feel a little bit like, why why not Mono Green then? It's, I'm not saying, like, advocating for, like, oh, ban more 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 because again i think they are taking a um a more steady approach because because they've acted reasonably early they have more time to work with but i'm just curious like i'd love to hear from Watsi what the logic is where winoda's going because a but you could say the same thing about mono green and that deck is apparently fine so i I'm wondering where that line gets drawn. Who's who? Do we know who's part of like a? Um, I mean, I I don't. Is there even like a, a council for modern and pioneers or like that, or is it like a, do they just have like like do we know like who's part of like the closest with like? I I think it's stuff? I think it's just the same, isn't it? Like because he published like Ian Duke. It's on there. One I see Michael Dude, Majors, let, Ian Duke. I'll, I'll just like, fucking reach out to all of them. And be like, hey, I'd love to have one of you on the. Ep- uh, well, who's <laughs> on the first pioneers? Uh, it was um Gavin. Was on the first. Uh, uh, but Gavin first doesn't pioneers. do game balancing. Well, he does design, but he would never mm-hmm. do like bans and that sort of thing. And he well, does I'm saying that that's, it, it's not impossible to yeah. get, potentially get someone on. 
Uh, I, I I don't think Rosewater would be the, the easiest to get to get a hold of, you know. No. Um, but I, I'll, I'll give it a try. I, I would love to be able to actually have an episode where we just sit down and talk to someone I, from. Wizards. I don't know if they would ever disclose that because people are, even though it could be an, an a discussion in good faith, people are gonna absolutely dissect it to like its core. And they try and turn it into a fucking mathematical equation as to when a card gets banned. Then they are going to claim that's how it works, even though no one has confirmed this for them. And then the next yeah. ban happens, and they're like, well, according to my calculations, this wasn't supposed to happen, Wizard. And it's like, shut the fuck up. But, like, there are well, too I mean, many they, people they can, like that. They can that. talk about ban philosophy, can't they? Of, like, what they look at and, like, and like what like, we... Mm. I think we can toe the line. I think we can... I, think I mean, there's a reason they gave us one line, Brad. <laughs> they gave us one line, and that's what they're going to yeah, keep it We got, like, three at. sentences. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but, like... That's what I am a bit curious about, like where the where the line gets drawn between these two decks. Um, so green and then blue white is just it has, it just has all the good cards. Like that's just oh. the main thing about white. It is just a collection of good cards, and the Wandering Emperor is insane. Uh, yep. Dovin's Veto is extremely good. It's good against mono green. But it also has the secret upside, which, you know, I've talked about um, a lot, is is it means that blue-white control basically shits on every other control deck that isn't blue-white. And that means it basically gets to, like, gobble up the whole control space. Which is why it's always very present. We, we basically don't see the mirror. Uh, I'll say I've effectively never played the mirror. And... We don't even see Esper. It's just all blue-white because it's just cut and clean. Even when you go up to 80 cards, they're like, I don't have to add a color because there's a lot of redundancy because one mana removal is white now. So why would I put Fatal Push in my deck? I think going back to Mono Green and like the difference between Winota and itself is more so drawing comparisons to their justification for the expressive iteration ban saying that the delve spells have a unique identity uh, for pioneer. I think Nykthos has that also unique identity for pioneer. Oh, but I would not have banned Nykthos at all. I would have banned Karn. Yeah, I understand that. Um, and maybe they'll argue the same thing for Karn. Um, where does, besides like legacy, like fucking, I mean, Karn is a, shit. definitely a modern card. Where does he see playing modern? Uh, I'm not I, doubting he does. I, 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 I know he's like... currently popular in the mono black Cabal Coffer stuff. That's where people play him. Oh, I know yeah, they yeah. well, they used to dude, be... That deck is so cool. Imagine. Um, imagine if we got Cabal Coffers with Urborg. Oh, Ooh, and Golos. We could just that build that deck. Like, gen genuinely asking for Pioneer, would that be too good to have like a turn four... Um, Oh, we like, don't. Uh, we we don't have map. Um, like we, we, it would it would be it'd be relying on. You might play Golgari for Sylvan Scrying. I mean, you're basically yeah. You're either playing Golgari or you're literally relying on just drawing the thing, like in mono yeah. black. So, I don't know. It's just I do think that you don't want to touch fucking with mana, like too much oh yeah because it is the easiest way for your format to like 
breakdown. Um, I mean, it is in the decks that we see now with Lotus and Mono Green are the only decks that mess with mana. And turns out, people really don't like playing against those decks because mm -hmm. it's fundamentally just not what Magic is to a degree, right? It's it's very broken in that regard. Yeah. That's also why people well, don't like free spells, and I'm super happy that free spells aren't part of Pioneer, other than Ornithopter, because Ornithopter's just cool. But that we don't play free cards that are good, because that's also breaking with a thing that Magic does. We don't want Force of Will in Pioneer. No. Um... Now, mildly off topic, um, I have come around to a, I, I have identified a, a card that would be, that would make you happy, it would make me happy, as two of the decks that we play the most, to come back uh, into a standard format and be in a Pioneer Legal, would not break anything, would not be obscene, it'd be, and it'd be perfectly fine for a standard environment. Terminate. Brad. Oh. Right. Yes. I mean, to be honest, Heartless Act is basically Terminate. It's not far off. but Yeah, but this one just says Destroy Target Creature Can't Be Regenerated. That'd be the best two-mana kill spell we'd have. By far. Yeah, no, Terminate's fucking awesome. I love Terminate. Um... We wouldn't have... Black would no longer have to worry about... Um, well, Rakdos would nev no, have to wor no longer have to worry about... Like, you would still play Dreadbore, probably, to some number, yeah. um, because it hits Planeswalkers. Uh, but instant speed, n unconditional removal. We don't have to worry about it being a, a not being a devil or an angel, or not having counters on it, or not losing two life. I mean, Terminate would be a bitch to cast. I don't even know if I'd run it. I did. I, I would run it. <laughs> yeah, you're playing Rakdos. You absolutely slam dunk that card. But um, I would be so happy. But man, I I run four cards that ex four I think lands that exclusively tap for blue mana. So that becomes blue. a bit of a yikes in, in turn two. No, in uh, in uh, Grixis, I run two castles and two islands, I believe. So uh, I have terminates just straight Rakdos when. So yes, but so it would be harder to cast on turn two because I could have a, an opening. If I have an opening hand that's a Xander's Lounge in a castle, I'm keeping it. But oh, yeah. I can't cast Terminate off that. That's what I mean. Oh, the the, the blue castle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. oh yeah, you're thinking Castle Lockthwain. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, no, the good castle, Brad. No, Lockthwain's crazy. Uh, that whole yeah, cycle's really fucking nuts. Except the red one. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I have, but I in Amonkhet, in, in Amonkhet, you guys got Ramanap ruins, so you you don't get to complain. Like we got fucking Ipnu Rivulet. Get the fuck out of Ipnir <laughs> Deadlands. Like the green would just pump something for. for yeah, for that example? card's pretty decent too. You you play that in uh, in like Mono Green Stompy. It's a good card, but it doesn't hey, compare hey, to Ramanap. The, the Ipnir Deadlands was a tech against Inverter in its day. At uh, Ipnu Rivulet, Remember? you mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Fuck. dude, mill you out on your upkeep. Get fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. If your Deadlands was over-costed as shit. Yeah. Holy isn't shit. It like, isn't it like six mana? No, it's it's four, I think it's four and tap, which is still a lot. So it's the same as, um, what's it called? I mean, Shepherd Dunes is also pretty good. Never mind, that side quest nuts, too. 
it's just ramming up ruins that is like way better than the rest. But that cycle is nuts. Just... Hit you for two. It turns out that untapped lands with upside are good. Who would have thought? Yeah, who would have thought? You can play those in uh, Death Shadow too. I played it in um, Standard. I had in uh, an Orsoff Vampires deck. And it ran Paladin of Atonement, I believe it's called. Just a two mana 1 1. And it says at the beginning of each upkeep, if you lost life in the last previous turn, it gains a 1 1 counter. So I played mm-hmm. it with four Deadlands, four Shepherd Dunes. And if I'd have one untapped on my opponent's end step, I'd just tap it for mana and just not do anything with it. Like tap it for colored mana and I'd untap and I'd put a counter on the Paladins. That was like peak. Like, I felt so smart magic. when I did that. Because I figured it out during spoiler season, and I showed up with it at, like, the first FNM after Rivals of Ixalan released. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I I came up with this. Like, I'm smart. Please praise me as I 4 0 this FNM. Like, I was talking to uh, Rose, because we were, we were um, going to be recording a special uh, episode of something on playing Pioneer. And uh, we had some schedule issues with one of the people involved, and then uh, Sam was going to do it, but his internet crapped out at the last second. So we ended up just, like, bullshitting for, like, an hour or so. And uh, Rose was like, can pirates be a thing in Pioneer? And I was like, immediately, I was like, no. I'm like, it wasn't even good in Standard. And I played exclusively pirates for, like, three months. (laughs) And, like, I'm like, your best lord is, like... A, a garbage four drop. He's like, I thought it was uh, the Grixis one. I'm like, that's the worst lord. <laughs> that is by far your worst lord. I mean, granted, you are probably a better deck builder than you were then, so you could have probably made something better. Okay, if I'm I were to pretty build sure your now, list was not be... optimal. No, um, but if I were to build pirates now, it'd be Demir, and it'd be a Demir like Thoughtseize. Fatal Push, Cure Obsession, kind of thing. Like Spectral Sailor, Brineborn Cutthroat, the Flash Death Touch uh, one. Um, maybe out of the sideboard, that 2-2 that you can pay 2 to make another 2-2 with Menace. You just keep like like a pack rat for pirates, mm. basically. Um, would it be good? No. <laughs> I, I think the we're switching quick deck building advice. This is what I tend to do. If I build a deck and I know it's not an optimal deck, I build it as aggressively as possible so I win games when people stumble. So if I would build yeah. Pirates, I would absolutely build it Rakdos. And, and just play love balls the to the wall graph. aggro. Probably like 19 lands, just like every one drop that's reasonable. Just try and get them dead. And you have a 2-2 two, two for one. You just reveal Pirates as part of its cost. Yeah, that card's, Daring that card's cool. Daring Buccaneer? Uh, yeah. Uh, there's also... So Rakdos has some cool ones. I think you would play that four drop I was talking about at the top end. Yeah, yeah probably. As like one or two. Yeah, two copies Because each attacking power gets plus two, plus oh. Yeah, plus two, plus oh. It, is, it, it hits hard. Yeah. Um, and then the, there's that two drop, the diagraph, like two, two with menace. Yeah. That like... It, I, I think don't know what it does. I've ever been I think decent. it's a two, two. Whenever it attacks, it itself gets plus one, plus one for each other pirate you control. Yes. Either yes, yes, you yes. control or you control that is attacking. I don't know yeah one of, one of those um and like it, it might be fine perfectly fine um 
but like when are we going to get more vamp or i'm sorry not vampires uh pirates dominaria can we go back maybe. to Ixalan, please like request for next year maybe that is next year's Ooh, please have you seen the um yeah they have like the epilogue thing things. right yeah they, they've they've um, given it a weird it looks like there's going to be some conclusion after the dominaria sets right yeah, um, when it comes to the lore, uh, there was this really cool theory floating around on Reddit a while ago, like a few, a couple months ago, and it's the one where Seen Dominaria that. United is actually Dominaria completed. The Phyrexians yeah, have taken over. Yeah, they're pulling and, a new Phyrexia on us. Yeah, and then and then uh, the Dominaria is taken over by Phyrexia, whatever becomes like a new Phyrexia. Um, and then Karn goes back in time for the Brothers' War to, like, stop it. That's why we're there. Um, he, like, goes, like, to fix some shit, um, like, like Endgame-style stuff. If I thought that's that was a story, such a cool idea. If that is a story, I will scream on the recording. I fucking hate time travel. Like, in every medium. I think it's so fucking stupid. It is literally just, we suck at writing, here's time travel to solve it. Stop. Like... For some reason, every medium, when I start enjoying it, they introduce time travel, like, immediately. I'm like, go away. I hate time travel. Like, it, it just leads to inconsistency. Like, I, I loved Infinity War. I fucking hated Endgame. That movie was so shit. Like, I was just... Especially because it kept making jokes about itself. Like, who's... Is it War Machine who basically kept making jokes about time travel movies? And Back to the Future, yeah. And was like, oh, is this like Back to the Future? And it's like, no, because they, that movie did it better. Like, they talked about... They, they name-dropped Hot Tub Time Machine, and one of the actors was... It, it was uh, it was Bucky. Bucky's like the main villain in Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> like, that actor. That's great. And they great. name-dropped that movie, and I was like, that's that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> like did they forget it was just uh, like, I, is, I, is Bucky an actor in this universe <laughs> I hate yeah, time I, travel I, I, I think it's fine I think time travel can be fine if it's done correctly I, I do think that a lot of times you're right it is because they just feel like they've backed themselves into a corner they don't know how yeah. to fix it like I, I you, um, you can do it right if you do it with like especially I will say with the Phyrexians, they could pull it off because the Phyrexians have been so in the background that what happened to them is basically irrelevant, right? Because there's a lot of what always goes wrong. It's like, well, if you change one thing there, here's these 35 other events that you now have to change. But with Phyrexia, mm. that's not really the case. Because even now, right, they showed up on Kaldheim, they showed up on Kamigawa, and they showed up in Streets of New Capenna, and kind of grand scheme of things-wise, neither of them did anything. So, like, and before yeah, that, they did the red been, one do at all? Uh, he was there. Like, I, I, I still have to see the story part, but all I got from it is that he was there. So it was he just was like, there. yeah, he exists. Not even a, not even a great card. <laughs> terrible card like i uh i opened one in a pack it was a foil of him and yikes. i didn't have any extra hazards so i just threw him in a because I, I needed another card in there 
and uh, uh, yeah, that'll do. It was it was fine. That's that's the extent of it. He was exactly fine. <laughs> I didn't play against control at all. He was playable. The only the only justification would be like I played against control because <laughs> he's incidentally good against that. Cast your counter spell anymore. now, bitch. I'm just yeah. not gonna play any cards. Yeah. I think you're relying on the fact that they draw into their counter spells and then already have four in their opening. <laughs> It's like, I'm going to play this 5-mana sorcery speed card to fuck up their counter spells. It's like, I don't think you understand what the point of a counter spell is. Yeah, they're, they're kind of... like I, I say that out loud, like Yu-Gi-Oh! style. Like, I, I cast this card to make sure your counter spells will not work. And they're like, I'm going to counter that. <laughs> <laughs> fuck! Like, no! You were supposed to top deck it right after. Part of the cards. Come on, it's what we're doing! Okay. You're on the same By page. the way... I went to an FNM uh, Friday, and there was Baldur's Gate pre-release on, so five people showed up for Pioneer, because I was like, oh yeah, there's 70 people drafting right now. But one person... It was fun. They were playing Is It Control with Niv-Mizzet, and um, a friend of mine was playing against him, killed his first Niv-Mizzet, and then he drew his card for turn, and was like, but what chance do you have? against two and he played his second <laughs> if miss it <laughs> i thought that was so perfect <laughs> fuck yeah the, it, uh, yeah he did lose immediately that, like, by the way because i think he cast the treasure crew straight after and just gunned down his whole board but amazing um yeah speaking of cards that like if you untap with it you you die <laughs> that's, a, that's a great yeah. example yeah um so I guess, quick recap, we think that the bands are good. They're not going to shoot the Pioneer format into the stratosphere of being the best format ever, because it was it already was. So, you know, that's with cool. The, with the asterisks, it's kind of not fun to have people's cards banned. I do genuinely well, feel bad course. for people who... I know people whose only Pioneer deck is Winoda, and they're probably going to be like, yeah, what the fuck do I do now? And they might stop playing the format, and I genuinely think Green, that's Green, white, shitty. Coco. Uh, I know one of the guys. He's he's a gruel player. Naya Coco. Like, so like, I guess you're gonna build like some gruel bullshit. And the other one is literally just a spike. And I poke and he's like, yeah, I built the best deck because I want to go to the. I want to make a shot for the pro tour. Now and, you can play Rakdos, not the colors at all. <laughs> yeah, so he's gonna have to. And he basically only picked up Winoda, practiced Winoda, and practiced more Winoda. Because he was like, they're not going to ban anything until the Pro Tour happens. So I'm going to work up. Which, honestly, a lot of people were in that boat. So I can't blame him I for was. that logic. Yeah. And now... No, I did say in the last episode that like, if they do ban Winota, it has to be before Dominaria. While they have it suspended or banned in, uh, yeah. in uh, Explorer. Right. So I do, I do feel bad for that guy. And there's obviously tons of examples of that. And I, I never like people when they have their cards banned. Especially when it outright kills your deck. Um, yeah, this. <laughs> yeah, like I don't feel. Deck. I don't feel bad for Phoenix players, right? Like your deck exists. You get to do your fun thing. Uh, if you cry about, yeah, you're fine. Express Federation being banned, like shut up. But like, yeah, if you're a Winona I, I player, had, I can see why you're upset. Like, absolutely. I had two decks banned. Essentially, this ban list. I had Winona banned, which I didn't play that much anyway. But I had the deck, and then I had Jeskai Ascendancy banned, effectively. It yeah. feels like, because that's a huge hit to that deck. 
because expressive expressive duration is what made the deck come back. Yeah, that made it like, oh wait, maybe maybe there's other decks in Isid Colors that are good. Yeah, and the the general replacements that people have gone to uh, in Phoenix initially they don't work at all for uh, for ascendancy. People have gone back to Charter Course potentially, which I guess is okay for ascendancy, but no more than that. And about... um, people have tried Reckless Impulse. Yeah, I was thinking about that. That's like a, a decent... Because it says until your next turn, right? So if you cast yeah. it on this turn, you can cast them the next yeah, turn. Yeah, so anyway. you can kind of do like the opposite thing of Expressive Iteration, where you wait till turn three to cast it, because you can immediately get the card of it. And Reckless Impulse is the kind of card you cast on turn two to make sure you mm-hmm. hit your land drop on turn three. Which is a little bit yeah. awkward, because on turn two... You would kind of want to play like a Thaneyze or a Ledger Shredder and then trigger it on turn three, and you don't get to do that. But now you can turn oh, three, play your Ledger Shredder. For, and then... for Ascendancy. Oh, no. Dude, you play that, and you hit your Sylvan Awakening early, and you're like, guess I'm fucking dead. I mean, that yeah. So... That's why you ran four. Maybe. Then I'd I rather run charge. I, I don't know. But. Like my what I did right now, I de-sleeve the expressive variations. They're in my binder now, and I have four grow spiral. I am this close to going back to the Omnath build of Ascendancy. That's maybe not a bad idea, right? Like I, that's what I'm thinking of. Go like full crazy and just go to the Genesis old domain and build again. Just do, drop the Ascendancy. Just slam Ugins on turn four. Uh, I only own one Ugin. <laughs> Slam your one Ugin. I'm not buying more Ugins. I'm not buying Ulamog either. Nope. Fuck Especially that. if they never reprint them. I didn't even buy the Ugin. You know what I did? I, I, I got a pre-release pack when I was in North Carolina of M20. And it was just in the there. Yeah, it was in I, I pulled it. And I was like, sweet. That, that that paid for my entry. That, 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 I just got all these cards plus an Ugin that, that paid for the Might pre-release the pack. M21, but whatever. Um, yeah, one of those. So that doesn't fucking matter. I got the card for free, essentially. Also, that is a quick gripe with the new sets coming out. I want core I like core sets. I feel like yeah. they keep fucking over core sets because they want to do cute thing X. It's like, just, just, I, just give me core sets. I like simple sets sometimes. And not, not everything has to be like have like a like this Streets of New Capenna is where the core set would have normally been right no summer I thought the core set set was the April set no it's like the June set where you have that short standard that's remember we got um, the Marauding Raptor in the M20 oh yeah dinosaurs were good for three months oh yeah Marauding Raptor was definitely the uh, the offending card from M20 (laughs) Well, that's what made dinosaurs good and standard. Yeah, but we also got Soren and Field of the Dead in Kethis, which I thought were a little bit worse. Okay, yeah, but that, that set wasn't... was fucking gas, by the way, because oh, yeah. that was also the, the set with Veil of Summer and Ether Gust. Like, those are cards, <laughs> cards in a yeah. set of magic, uh, uh, magic cards in a set. That's for sure. Of all sets, that was certainly one of them. We should go back to Mirrodin. I'm ready. I'm ready to drop a nuke on some robots. Hell yeah. You know, with Capenna and uh, stuff, and uh, we've let go of the 
I mean, we've already did that a while ago, but like, you know, we, we were in this low of like, oh, we're doing like basic sort of fantasy things. Now we've let go mm-hmm. of that now. Now I want a new robots, you know. Now just give me oh, all 100%. of it. I want to use a ball to nuke robots. Because magic. I love what the original card is. Isn't the original card literally something like tap, destroy all cards from X expansion? I'm pretty sure. Maybe. MTG. They had a bunch of cards like this. Like uh, City in a Bottle that literally just O-rings every card from Arabian Nights. Which I believe at the time included if you're basics. Were Arabian basic? Oh, wow. I think those were only mountains, though. I think Arabian Nights was supposed to have no basics, but accidentally had mountains, and now they're really expensive. But, um, yeah, Golgothian Silex. This is the thing that um, Karn has. If you know the card Saga uh, Urza's Ruinous Blast, that's the random bowl that floats next to him, is the, uh, mm. the Silex. Um, Formana Artifact, one tap... Each token, each non-token permanent with a name, so reprints would also count, each non-token, which I think they changed, each non-token permanent with a name originally printed in the Antiquities expansion is sacrificed by its controller. Isn't that just the best? Imagine we did that for Eldraine in Standard. We are like, fuck every card from Eldraine. Tap... Tap gone. Yeah. <laughs> the, they should yeah, do this in Modern Horizons for every previous Modern Horizons. That is the ultimate power creep. They should make it a one mana artifact that you could tutor of Urza Saka. Oh my god. <laughs> I hate this game. Two tap exile all cards printed before this. <laughs> Alright, so band's good. We'll see what happens. Uh, mid-range stuff potentially coming up. Control and Mono Green definitely coming up. Um, Corset should come back. Uh, time travel sucks, according to Alex. Yes. That's pretty much the rundown of the episode. We uh, solidly managed to cram that in about an hour and a half <laughs> to get four points across. Well done, us. We did it. I mean, that's that's the, we got to expand on the points true but <laughs> reminders out the door we are the pioneer perspective the official podcast of the playaway discord server if you want to play some paper magic over webcam if you can't get out to your local fnm or whatever you can still have a home here and go ahead and jam some paper games we have leaks and stuff like that so you can definitely pop in and you know hang out otherwise we have merch on inkgaming.com you can go uh two links in the description the first one is actually our store with our stuff um if you don't want anything with our face on it you can always get anything from gaming in general through the affiliate link below that we have our patreon members so thank you to patrick uh sir epic bridger and kevin on anchor kevin i was gonna say kyle i know it's a k i'm getting better almost uh, so thank you to those guys so much um and if you want to join the uh, patreon we actually have a, an actual benefit for once um, a, it shows your support, and that's amazing. Helps us out a lot. Appreciate it a lot. Uh, and B, uh, you do get the official uh, video version of episodes uh, on uh, on Patreon. So that's the thing we're doing. And you get it early. So rather than wait three days, four days after the recording, you get it pretty immediate the next day. And then you get to see us uh, 
talk some shit and uh, do some stuff before the episode even begins that is not included on the main uh, versions that we release on Spotify. So like pre-ramblings, that kind of thing for a good 20, 30 minutes. So a little extra content as well. And of course, you can check both of us out on playingpioneer.com as authors and writers for various articles. Uh, Alex gave his uh, thoughts on the recent bannings on the joint article for Playing Pioneer that is up and available now. There's a tier list. There's a Patreon for Playing Pioneer with extra goodies and stuff like that. If you want to learn more about that, just go to the website. Again, playingpioneer.com. I have nothing else. Oh, yeah. Social medias. Bradsver. Disciple Bolas. Cool. That's our Twitters. <laughs> um, I think that's it. I think so, too. Cool. Well, thank you so much. You guys are the best. We appreciate you. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I hope you listen to us ramble again next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, folks.